Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we're going to go down memory lane and discuss the unavailability of Bessemer steels. Welcome, Carly. Thank you, Miles. So, it's the first time I've heard of Bessemer steels. I have to imagine it was pretty important at some point for you to want to do a whole podcast on it. These were the steels that made possible for us to have railroads across the United States. Oh, yeah, that's pretty important. <laughs> These are the steels that helped us to win World War I. These are the steels that went into much of the armaments in World War II. Wow. In okay. fact, they were still using Bessemer steels in the Korean conflict. So this is a major player. What happened? Well, the process became obsolete. But unfortunately, for those of us in the contract manufacturing world, the specifications and drawings for some of those old and classic but still necessary um, uh, armaments specify Bessemer steels. So is Bessemer steels a name brand or it's the name of a process? It's the name of a process. Oh, It's okay. the name of a process. It's a bulk process. It's a pneumatic process. So today we use basic oxygen furnaces and we blow oxygen in. Mm -hmm. Essentially like the Bessemer, except the Bessemer blew air, just atmospheric air in to uh, refine the, the molten iron charge. So a Bessemer was a machine? A Bessemer is a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big open vessel that is blown with air. The hot iron is put in, the air goes through it, burns out carbon, burns out silicon, burns out impurities, adds nitrogen because the air is mostly nitrogen. So these steels, the Bessemer steels, had very high nitrogen, so they were pretty tough. Uh, in fact, um, they were perfect for like piano, the pins on pianos because of that high nitrogen. They, they had real good toughness and they could be strong, so. Well, then I yeah. can see why they used them for the war efforts yeah. and, okay. All right, so it's a process, it's a process? It, it is a process. And it's listed in mill standards and mill specs and fed standards and fed specs. And the grade that you'll usually see in our industry is called B1113. Okay. And it's, it's the great, it's the founding, it's the founding father, if you will, of our modern resulfurized steels, 12 L14 and twelve fifteen. Well, I know the specs always mean something. Does the B stand for something? Well, the B does, so basic. So in the very first Bessemers, they used just clay out of the, out of the earth. And that's a, actually an acidic material. The slag is acidic. And in order to get longer life in the, in the Bessemer converters, so it's lined with clay, right? It, okay. Essentially, the, the progress in metallurgy is our ability to customize mud. 
And so in the early days of Bessemer, they just throw clay in it. It was an acidic slag, and it would burn through pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, the next stage of the Bessemer process, they use dolomite. Uh, it's a limestone kind of product, and it creates a basic slag. And that B1113 means basic or, you know, so dolomitic process. Basic, so it had to distinguish from something. It's, it's there chemistry, yeah, yeah, the acid process with okay. the clay. The, oh, the original was right, A, it. it would have been A, it was acid. So. Acid A, yeah. B basic. I'm with you now. Yeah. I'm with you now. So um, where, where it really counts is, so we're, we're, we've got molten iron, right? We're just mm-hmm. under 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit our way, right? And now we're blowing air in, and of course there's going to be high turbulence and high temperature and high chemical reactivity. So this was this was a pretty big improvement when they went to this basic process. Okay, so are Bessemer steels still needed now? Well, the functionality of the Bessemer steel is still needed, but the steel itself can't be had. So Not we need even this. like overstock or someone's mm. got it stashed away? No, I, you know, I think by the time I graduated from college, they closed the last Bessemer in North America. Wow, that was a long time ago, yeah. Miles. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. I owe you from lunch. Thank you for that. Well, it was, it was a good lunch. It was funny. So um, in order for us to make a suitable substitute, we, we have to design a grade that's similar, a, a recipe that's similar. So we want the high sulfur to make the chip break. Okay. We want the nitrogen in there to give it the similar uh, mechanical properties. Also, that helps the chip break and brittles the chip. And so we get a nice surface finish. Vesmer steels were, they were fun to machine back in the day, 1215, 12L14 are the current substitutes today. So what about phosphorus? Well, the phosphorus is, is really, really important in that it helps combine with that nitrogen to get that machinability property. In other words, if we were to machine 1117, we'd get a certain level of performance. It's got extra sulfur, but no extra phos. The 1200 series, 1215 and 12L14, has both sulfur and phosphorus, and that phosphorus combines with the nitrogen in, in, in an effect, I call it effective phos, effective nitrogen, and that's what makes the chip brittle and that really, really mirror-like surface finish. Okay, so phosphorus and nitrogen, what else do we need to know about this? Well, what makes the phosphorus and nitrogen good for our machining, Uh let's flip the coin, could make it less than suitable for your end use. If your end use is going to require additional cold work, crimping, swaging, staking, planishing, cold movement of metal, phosphorus and nitrogen work harden. They contribute to work hardening, and if you need substantial cold deformation of metal, maybe you don't want re-nitrogenized 1200 series steel. So there's there's a it's a balance, 
And so that's why when first thing you see Bessemer, you say, well, this is a government job and it's ancient. And then the, <laughs> then the second thing you say is, are they going for the machinability or are they going for the higher properties? And then you have to balance, you know, the lawyers have that scale. Right. Right. So now you have to balance, do I want the properties, but do I want to do cold work too? So it's, it's not an easy just substitute. You need to really understand the application. Well, that makes sense. And so then the two that could replace it are the 12L14 and the 1215. Those are what, when, when the government shows up and says, make, I need this out of Bessemer Steel, you're going to call PMPA, and PMPA's best technical advice is you can choose 1215, you can choose 12L14, and here's what to watch out for. Let's look at that print. Let's look at that application. Because if there's cold work, we want to be sure we don't give you something that's too brittle. So I'm wondering, did it just fall out of favor? I mean, why did it disappear, this process? Uh, you know, technology improves. And uh, obviously, if, I, if, if I'm blowing gas through this hot metal bath and 75% of it is nitrogen and not helping the reaction, or I can put pure oxygen in at like the speed of sound, ah. I can turn a heat of steel around much faster. So it's always economics. We, we, we say technology. Technology is just a cover story for make more money. <laughs> so so the, the summary, I guess, the short of it is that can't get Bessemer steel. Yep, it's Anywhere. not available. No, Don't even go on eBay. Maybe, maybe. So uh -huh. here's the caveat. Maybe there's a sunken ship somewhere in the Pacific from one of those naval battles that has plate steel made from Bessemer. Wow, you'd have to be seriously desperate. <laughs> you would, you would. But that steel would also be good from one other aspect, and that's because that steel predated nuclear testing. Yeah. It would be nuclear-free. It would have no radionuclides. So if you were making a defense kind of article and wanted to have it not emit radiation because you have very sensitive detectors, maybe it's worth pulling that ship you got to go digging for a sunken ship. Yeah. Okay. Isn't it but fun to be a metallurgist? It is fun. It is fun. Okay. Uh, so not available without mm. pulling up an old ship. Yeah, or having Gene Roddenberry <laughs> write a script for Star Trek. But but the government prints are still around. They're still around. I, I Two, three times a year I get... I get asked for assistance, you know, Bessemer Steel, and then I have to start talking about President Truman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no wonder you said we were going back on memory lane. It's memory lane. It's, <laughs> it's memory lane. But these were the steels. My grandfather worked in a mill. He rolled Bessemer Steels. I mean, this is the steel that put America industrialized America, built us our railroads, and was, you know, the armament, principal, principal material for our armaments in two world wars. Well, it is impressive. It is impressive. And I'm sure my, our listeners are glad to hear that there's 
a substitute? Well, there is a substitute. So when you get one of those weird, strange, or unusual things like, what the heck's a Bessemer steel? Mm -hmm. PMPA remains your best source because even if staff doesn't know, the chances are pretty good one of our members has some experience. So we get better together at PMPA by sharing our questions and sharing our answers. That's right. So Bessemer Steels, not available, 1215, 12014. Talk to us to be sure that we apply the right version for your job. That wraps up today's podcast on Memories of Bessemer Steel. Thank you for joining us. And thank you, Harry Truman, for all you did. <laughs> for additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, podcasts, and other resources. Yes, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast because you don't want to miss one. If you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. And why is a PMPA membership important, Carly? Because, because we, we are better, better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.